Hey, thanks for being a part of the conversation. Let's do it. Let's play it forward. These are real people with real stories. The struggle to play it forward. Episode number 609 is with computer scientist Walter Shear, the author of the book, A History of Fake Things on the Internet. Hey, Walter, the, first of all, congratulations on this book because you're very brave to step out there and to identify a lot of fake things on the Internet. But I want to take it all the way back to the 60s because I think everything always has roots. I, I Those cameras that were on Richard Nixon and John F. Kennedy, when they were colorized. In, in my own heart, it says that had to have been fake, too, because you can, you can play with cameras. Now we're into today where you've got the history of fake things on the Internet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in fact, the book goes to the 1960s and much farther back to figure out, is this new? Right. What were the technological capabilities back in the day? Uh, are they similar to what we see now? And in terms of that, um, I found a lot of different common connections between these things. Um, going back to the 19th century of the invention of the camera, uh, as soon as the camera is invented, people are faking photographs uh, in really creative ways. Um, large amount of technical sophistication in the darkroom. Um, even one of the inventors of an early camera process uh, is out there uh, faking stuff. In fact, he generates what is generally acknowledged to be the first fake photograph in the 1840s. Wow. Um, so none of this is particularly new, right? And of course, in the 60s, uh, the counterculture uh, loves faking things uh, because it's very much invested uh, in human creative acts. You take something such as the history of fake things on the Internet, and right away I'm thinking every person who has a Facebook page or an Instagram account, that's fake. It's all fake. But, but how did you know where to begin with this, with this book? Because there, there's just so much of it out there. Yeah, this is a great question. So when I first started doing the research, I tried to sort of think of all of the strange people I know online and people I know who have been online a long time, and I started to ask them questions about things they had seen, things they had done. And of course, they suggested they talk to other people. Um, and the book becomes this really fun kind of ethnography where I interview lots of early internet figures, people building the technology, people using the technology, um, people like digital artists, like computer hackers, uh, you know, uh, computer scientists. Um, this is really, really fascinating conversations. Well, I love the way that, that you're not afraid to talk about how human behavior is to blame for this. This is creativity versus destruction. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, and again, some of these things are longstanding issues. Right. I mean, there's nothing particularly new about political misinformation. Right. Um, it's just now we have uh, different technology, different ways of communicating that. Um, and again, I think a lot of the problems we see are directly related to things like political polarization. Right. right? And that's not the Internet's fault. Well, I'm, I'm sure you probably saw that story from Anderson Cooper last week where you had to figure out which one was the AI Anderson Cooper and which one was the real one. I mean, we are headed into an area of, of fake things on the Internet, and, and that's what puts this book way ahead of where, of where we might be presently standing because you're, you're preparing us for what could happen. Yeah, that's right. So that we, the, the book talks all the way you know, uh, up to the present day about these AI technologies um, I, I think the AI stuff is really fascinating, right? Because it is something that in some sense is fundamentally new, right? So it's like without a lot of human intervention, or in some cases, no human intervention, uh, these systems are generating content. Um, so like, what does that mean? Um, you know, how do we receive this information? How do we process this information? How do we use this information? Um, you know, there's a lot of concern that um, this information is just freely floating around there on the internet. Um, you know, so there are a lot of computer scientists out there trying to develop technologies to detect it. 
Um, that said, again, it's still in this mode of storytelling, right? And again, the internet is this creative space, right? And so that's kind of where these AIs live. Um, and of course, right, I think people are really good at uh, figuring out what is true and what is false. Uh, nobody really believes, I think, that, um, you know, one piece of information in isolation is giving them uh, some signal of, of the absolute truth, right? You know, it's like, if this were true, I would have heard about it somewhere else, right? Is kind of the thinking I think most people have, right? They talk to other people, they look at multiple news sources. Um, so yeah, you might have a photorealistic fake image or video, um, but if it's of a public figure and it's so sensational and no one is talking about it, it's probably fake. Am I being a crazy person when I say that families, including husbands and wives, should have secret questions that if they get they get somebody on the phone that could be an AI, that we know what questions we should be asking so we can prepare ourselves for something that's going to be getting worse? Actually, that's that. Yeah. So actually, I think that's a great suggestion. I, I think where the real threats are is, is stuff like that. Right. Like scams. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I mean, that, again, something that's you know not particularly new, but something that can be conducted more effectively with synthetic identities, right? Synthetically generated audio, right? If it's a phone call, um, uh, fake social media profiles with synthetically generated people. Um, I, I, I think you do want to take some basic, you know, operational security measures in those cases for sure. Um, and again, I, I think there hasn't been much emphasis on that, which is surprising, right? Because again, we're so focused on the political aspects. What have you learned on this project? Because I mean, you have to be a student in order to put a book like this together. Yeah, that is a great question. I learned a lot about the history of the Internet. Um, I I think what's the most fascinating thing I learned, um, the Internet was really not intended to be an information superhighway, right? It was not supposed to be a database of facts, right, that would only be used for education and commerce, right? This, like, 90s, you know, dot-com era vision of the Internet. It was really designed to be a creative space, right? And, again, that's why it's so awash in all these fictions, right, many of which are quite fascinating uh, because people love to produce them. Um, This idea goes back to the 1960s with the thinking of Marshall McLuhan, the famed media theorist. Um, He's really anticipating the rise of these global information networks that would let you project your imagination into the network, right? So you could reach other people with your thoughts. Um, That's basically what we have with the Internet today, right? Everybody on the globe is connected to their smartphone. Um, We have access on our devices to all these really interesting creative technologies that let us uh, generate media on the fly, right, um, and and convey that to other people. Um, and it really sort of, you know, fulfills McLuhan's vision. And that's what the engineers over the years were yeah. trying to do, right? Um, but of course, right, there was this other sort of narrative circulating. And again, I think that's been the tension point on the internet, like where all these misunderstandings come from. Wow. Well, kudos to you for putting this book together because it is a book that is interesting, it's emotional, and it's also educational. And I, I can't wait to talk to you more and more in the future, Walter. Great. Thank you so much, Arrow. Well, you be brilliant today, okay, sir? Great. Thanks.